Hi everyone. Yesterday I had the joy of being with somebody who reminds me of what it is like to be with Jesus. Today I want us to think about how we can grow into being people like that. People who remind others of Jesus because he flows from us and out of us into the world around us. At BNA, we say we are passionate about discipleship. And the first step towards following Jesus is to know what it is to live with God. Jesus, in his last words, amongst his last words to the disciples in Matthew 28, says these words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you always. Jesus doesn't say I am with you sometimes. Boris Johnson, when talking about his Christian faith or lack of it, said, I find that my faith is like Magic FM in the Chilterns. It sort of comes and goes. God is not a God who comes and goes. He is with us always, always, always. And not just nearly all of the times. There aren't times when he's, he's not there, um, but there the rest of the time. Our dog sleeps on one of our children's bed at night time. And just before we go to bed, we have to take him downstairs to make sure that he's emptied his bladder before he goes back up for the rest of the night to comfort the child and help him to sleep through the night. So there is a moment when he is not on the bed. It is never like that. There is never a moment when God is not with you. Jesus says, I'm always with you. But more than that, when Jesus says, I am with you to his disciples, he doesn't just mean that he is kind of around us. He means that he's going to be with us in the sense that he will be within us. Earlier on in his life, Jesus said these words, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. God is within us when we are Christians, when we believe in him. So when Jesus says, I'm always with you, it's not just that he's around us. It's that he's in us and he's flowing out of us. So to live with God is to have a relationship with him. Not just an external one, but one where he is inside us. I can no more as a Christian live without my lungs and my heart than I can live without Jesus. He is in me. But then how do we go from being somebody who knows that to somebody who inspires others? of what it means to be in his presence? How do we go from it being something that's perhaps in our heads to it being in our hearts so that it's infecting and infusing the world around us? Well, living with God, as I said, has um, means that we need to have a relationship with him, but that relationship needs to be nurtured by rhythms. 
and I'm going to explain something of what those rhythms are and how we talk about them here at B&A. At this time of year, children are going to primary schools and um, who knows what is going to um, be what it's going to be like for them in the year ahead. But primary school teachers will often talk about core stretch and challenge as a way of engaging different levels of knowledge in their classroom. Core for those who, who need to get to the kind of a basic understanding, stretch for those who can go a bit further, and then challenge for the brightest students. Now, I don't know um, what level of maturity you are in the Christian faith, but I know that we've got different levels of maturity within our church, from those who've just become Christians to those who've been Christians a long time. And so I'm going to explain some rhythms that filter through those three um, things, core, stretch and challenge. So firstly, core. We want to encourage everyone to have a daily quiet time with God. And what we mean by that is going into your room, into the secret place before your father and, and spending time with him. At, at B&A, we talk about one, two, three, one worship, two Bible, three prayer. That actually a healthy time with God would involve at least those three things. It may involve more, but it would involve those three things. Worship, Bible and prayer. So singing or reading the Psalms, reading a passage from the Bible and then praying and bringing your needs before God. And you can do that. In a, in a short time, if, if you've only got six minutes, do two of each. If you've got 15 minutes, do five of each. If you've got half an hour, do 10 of each. Um, but it's really important to be doing that on a daily basis. As we do that, we begin to make decisions that are shaped by God and lead us to understand more of who he is. And we begin to look and sound more like him. So that's core daily quiet time. Stretch. A weekly fast. And by that, I mean taking one day a week and fasting on that day. Over the last few years, there's a, a few people at B&A who have been keeping a rhythm of fasting on Mondays. And if you want to join in with that, if you want to stretch towards that, you can, um, uh, you can start by fasting breakfast and then having lunch and dinner. And then the next week, fast breakfast and then lunch and then break the fast at dinner. And if you want to, you can go even further than that and not eat at all on a Monday. And some of you may be watching this and thinking, I can't fast for clinical reasons. And it might be that actually what you can do is you can fast screens, although that might be difficult in current circumstances, or fast caffeine or fast something and that costs you. And as we do that, we are obeying Jesus' command and his presumption that when, when we fast... Um, and, and as we do that, we're making sure that he is asserted as the most important thing in our lives. We're saying, actually, God, you're more important than food. And when we do that, we find um, that he reorders our loves and we find that he brings breakthrough. So the things that we're praying for, um, uh, there was a moment in, in Jesus' life when he said to his disciples, this only happens through fasting and prayer. Sometimes we need to fast together for, for breakthrough. So uh, that's uh, stretch. And then challenge would be to think about extending that quiet time that you do daily to an hour. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that says uh, there's a sweet spot when you get to an hour and then uh, God really forgives and really pours out his blessings in your life. It's just, it's just not there. But what we can see from 2000 years of, of Christianity is that 
the, the people through whom God genuinely begins to have an impact on the world are people who have a life that is rooted deeply in their time with God that they will set aside a significant chunk of each day. And, and often people will talk about an hour. Pete Gregg says that he, he tries to spend an hour in prayer each day because that's like creating a prayer room in his heart for the rest of his life. Um, so just encourage you, if, if you um, have um, been keeping a, a daily quiet time, if you have been doing a weekly fast, to think about um, responding to that challenge of setting aside an hour. And in that hour, to spend time waiting on God and asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So core, stretch and challenge, daily quiet time, a weekly fast, and an hour a day. If um, You might be in a scenario where you're actually doing an hour a day, um, but you haven't fasted. So it's not a linear thing, um, but it's just helping people to think about practical ways in which we can nurture that relationship. We want to be really clear that doing these things do not help us to gain forgiveness or affection from God. The relationship we have with him is one where we can call him Abba Father because we are children, because we're saved, we're rescued, we're delivered, we're known, we're loved. There is nothing that can separate us from him. But as we enter into these rhythms, it helps us to nurture that relationship for the benefit of our own lives and for the benefit of others around us. At some point, you may leave this church. In fact, you will leave this church. You'll either die or God will call you on. When that happens, my hope and prayer is that as you go, people will say of you, they lived with God. That the legacy you've left in this church and in the community in which you live is one of somebody who has lived with God. This is the greatest gift we can give to others. I would love you this week to think about how you can respond to this invitation to build rhythms in your life that nurture that relationship with him, to pray with others about that and to pursue him. Let's pray together.